Welcome to the program. Thank you for joining us today on the journey towards self-mastery. Our next guest is an author and grandson of the great Henrietta Lacks. After obtaining cervical cancer and having some cell samples taken without her permission or consent, it was discovered through John Hopkins scientist, Dr. Guy, that Henrietta Lacks cells had the ability to continuously replicate, making her cells the first immortal cell line in human history. Through HeLa cells, scientists were able to find a cure for polio, understand how cancer works, make advancements with HIV, run tests that would allow people to go into space, make the atomic bomb possible, make in vitro fertilization possible, make cloning possible, make genetic mapping possible. Even the COVID vaccine was produced through the use of HeLa cells. And the list goes on and on. Her grandson wrote the book, Henrietta Lacks, The Hidden Story, in order to bring truth to power and fight for the legacy of his family and his grandmother. He aims to restore honor and bring justice for his family with the help of Ben Crump. Let's welcome today the grandson of the great Henrietta Lacks, Ron Lacks. Thank you, Ron, for welcome having- to the program. We are thrilled to have you on, man. It's definitely an honor, man. Uh, I think we talked before that, you know, I've, I've been talking about your grandmother for quite some time, man, before it became popular <laughs> um, in uh, my classroom. Uh, I first uh, read about Henrietta Lacks through a book called Medical Apartheid by Harriet A. Washington, and she mentioned it, and I became curious about it, and I discovered that, you know, Rebecca Skloot had her fascinating book um, about your grandmother as well. So I read her book, and it was just really fascinating to me. And the, the fascinating thing to me, Ron, was that, you know, how can we have kids, even Black kids, in a science class and not know who Henrietta Lacks is and, you know, the school system not teaching that. And it's just not being a well-known fact. And, you know, we, we all know why we don't know who Henrietta Lacks is. Um, We'll get into that, but it was just really fascinating. So I kind of really started telling the young minds about who she was and they were fascinated. Like, why don't we know this? Like, you know, so um, it's, it's just been a a pleasure, uh, you know, definitely speaking about your grandmother and just the, the amazing contribution she's made to human existence, you know, and uh, I think we we definitely need to constantly talk about that and say her name, man, Henrietta Lacks, not Helen Lane, Henrietta Lacks, you know, so definitely appreciate you putting truth out there, putting information out there so we can decipher what's true and what's not, because, um, you know, sometimes when when we don't tell our story and allow other people to tell our stories, they're going to put in, you know, their take on it. They're going to put in what they think and stuff like that. It's not going to be authentic. So I do appreciate the work that you did coming out with your book and kind of, you know, deciphering the truth versus what's not true because this is your family. You know, nobody nobody can say it like, like you because you are experiencing this and you know your family members and everything. So I do appreciate you doing that, man. My pleasure. And like I said, uh, my book is called Henry of the Lax, The Untold Story. Already, I have changed the narrative on how they used to introduce my grandmother. You know, they uh, they would say a poor black farmer. Mm. Uh, so 
I had to rectify that by showing that and telling people that they own, uh, the Lax family owned their own land. I mean, matter of fact, in Clover, it was called Laxtown. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, I mean, when my grandmother walked out her door, she could look left and right, and, uh, and all she seen was Lax family land. So uh, along with her being an educated black woman, she was also wealthy in land. I mean, back then when black folks went to school, basically they got as high as the sixth grade. And that back then that was being educated because wow. you didn't have gym, you didn't have arts and arts and stuff like that. You went to school to learn. And uh, once they learned, they came and helped out on the family farm. So right. she was a, an intelligent woman, and she taught her kids. That's why she wanted to move from Clover to uh, Baltimore so that her children could get a better education. Hmm. Man, that is so important, man, for that for us to to really understand that because just the things I've looked at, the research I've done looking into Henrietta Lacks, you know, she's a poor farmer, mm-hmm. uneducated, you know what I mean? Like that's the, that's like what they say all the time before they even say her name, you know, poor uneducated farmer, Henrietta Lacks, you know, worked on the tobacco farm, didn't have an education, didn't really know much kind of thing. And yeah, man. So thank you for, for giving us that 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 idea and also too they don't say that um you know we didn't allow black people to continue their education like that in those times and this was some of the options that were out there so instead of that you know it's poor uneducated you know (laughs) so really interesting by me being a teenager at a time you know i didn't know the importance of telling my grandmother's story until i got and my grandfather and my father was trying to change that narrative back then to no avail because they was blocked at every turn from trying to tell their story. So I seen my, my parents go through the disappointment of not being able to do that. Mm. So it was, it was like a fight that I knew that I had to take on seeing my grandfather and my dad go through what they what they went through. Not too long ago when we had a meeting at Johns Hopkins with NIH, they still was not listening to what my father and attorney had to say when they wanted to do the DNA sequencing and they mm-hmm. wanted to put it there. And my father told him no, that he, that he did not want them to do that. And they did it anyway. Mm. Man, 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 man. Yeah, we'll we'll get definitely into that a little bit. Uh, but before we get into just your family, I kind of wanted to break down just, you know, the story of Henrietta Lacks a little bit so that listeners that don't know who she is get get a better understanding. Um, I know you mentioned she was not uneducated and everything, and she was a family person and took care of her family, raised a family right and everything. Um, but you know, at, at some point in her life, she did start feeling some pain and everything. And um, she went to uh, John Hopkins Hospital to uh, to get some treatment. 
you know, to get treated and see what was going on. So they came out with that. She had cervical cancer and, uh, you know, the protocol, I guess, was to take a tissue sample and everything of the cervix and uh, take a look at it and confirm. So they, they did take out the sample and looked at it, confirmed it was cervical cancer, supposedly, so allegedly. Um, and, and then the discovery was made that these tissues kept growing and multiplying. And when we look at cells, you know, cells will divide and divide, and divide, and then um, they will die out or whatever. And then new cells will divide. And even before that, you didn't really have cells that were dividing outside of the body like that. So, um, you know, George Guy finds this and he has a scientific breakthrough discovery that these cells are dividing continuously. And now we can do all type of research now because before they were using animal animals to do research and testing and things like that. And obviously animals are not going to be exactly like humans in regards to uh, different research and scientific breakthrough. So the cells allowed them to test vaccines and all type of different things on human DNA to see what would occur with different things. So it allowed them to do so many things like we mentioned in the intro with, you know, the atomic bomb, with in vitro, with polio, just litany of scientific breakthroughs that came about. And allegedly, George Guy was like, this is great. I'm going to send it out to everybody that wants it. So he sent it out all across the world to different scientists and allegedly for free. Who knows? So from there, people started figuring out, well, we can kind of start selling these things now. Like, so, you know, laboratories got made and sold the cells and people were using it and studying it. And they were responsible for just a litany of different things. Uh, but the issues that we have, are, of course, are the consent issues and then the issue that your family didn't know about it. And um, they just made billions, trillions of dollars under the table without, you know, people really tuning into what was happening. So now you're trying to get kind of justice for that. Uh, so that that's kind of the backstory. I kind of wanted people to get a brief, brief understanding of the backstory. Uh, but before we get too too deep into, you know, what's happening with the, the law side of things, I kind of want you to kind of tell us, you know, your story of yourself growing up uh, within your family and giving us an idea of your family because we know that uh, sometimes with these stories, you know, when, when people have a hand on of our stories, they can tell any type of uh, picture of us that they want to. And I read Rebecca Skloot's book that wrote about your grandmother and, it, you know, the stuff that was mentioned about your family wasn't, wasn't the best, you know what I mean? And just from reading, I didn't even know your family reading it. And I'm just like, I was cringing, like, ah, this is, you know, why does this have to be in here? <laughs> like, you know, so uh can you uh enlighten us man on you know your, your childhood a little bit growing up your family who the people are in your family and what it was like growing up and um you know you had a little town too with your family called Laxtown. so if you get into that a little bit for us did you grow up poor like they say you know my, when when my grandfather and my grandmother migrated from clover virginia he came up and started a job at Bethlehem Steel, which was one of the best jobs that a black man could have at that time. I mean, he retired from there. So he, he, he came to Baltimore, he had a great job starting off. And I always considered 
my family be middle class, you know, not highly rich, but, you know, didn't want for nothing. We never went hungry. You know, uh, it was just an everyday black family that, to the best of their ability, thrived. I mean, uh, uh, each one of them, uh, my dad, Bethlehem Steel, my uncle, David Lax, Bethlehem Steel. So they did well here in Baltimore. Matter of fact, we even opened up uh, some business here in Baltimore. If you ever heard of uh, Northeast Market on Monument Street, we used to have a meat stall where we sold meats down there. Uh, my father always wanted to have something for his children to do better in life. He gave us a, a nice start in the business that he chose. I mean, we fixed up homes and sold them. So uh, coming up, I, I enjoyed my childhood knowing that my mother and father did everything they could to uh, better our family life. So when the story came out about Henrietta and, and we tried to find out more about what was going on, the doors were shut on us. You know, they wouldn't give us any information on what Healer Cells was doing. And, you know, it wasn't until 1973 when Jet Magazine, Rolling Stones, and Ebony came to our house and did an interview and started explaining what Healer Cells was doing, all the accomplishments. So, uh, so we tried to, my parents tried to get with John Hopkins to see if they could find out more. And they still wouldn't elaborate on what her sales was doing until Rebecca Scrooge came into the picture and got with my aunt Deborah. Once she got with Deborah, they they get they opened up the vault. That's it's uh -huh. called the, <laughs> the Henry Lance vault. So and because of Rebecca Scrooge, they opened up the vault and gave her all the information that she needed to do her book and which my family thought at that time was discriminate. They right. discriminate. You know, I mean, is we even thought it was a HEPA violation that they would give her my grandmother's information, her medical. Yeah, I mean, I mean, and 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 on top of it, she's just like a beginning writer. She didn't even have any background in writing too much. She's fresh out of school, I believe. Um, she had no real scientific background like that. She just had the power of a white woman, man. Like that just right. came through and said, I need these records, you know? And there's a backstory to that too. John Hopkins didn't want to have nothing to do with the Lax family. Mm. They wanted to keep us as, as far away as they could. So it wasn't until Rebecca's crew came along and they gave her all the information on Henrietta Lax. And John Hopper was like to keep the Lax family at arm's length because we was asking too much, too many questions and they didn't want to answer them. So when Rebecca's crew came along, they like arms open, vault open to anything that she wanted as long as she dealt with the Lax family. And a lot of, a lot of family members were scared that we might disappear. Hmm. 
You know, people have disappeared for much less. You're right. You see, you know where I'm coming from? Yeah. So, yes, we were scared that somebody might get snatched up in a van and taken off. That that fear is real in the Lax family. I, I definitely understand that, man. Especially messing with John Hopkins, you know, the, the, the history. Yeah, I, I mean, <laughs> you, you know, back in the day, there, uh, your family used to tell you, do not walk past John Hopkins at night. You know, mm. that's a known fact here in Baltimore, Maryland, that you did not walk past John Hopkins at night. What, what were some of the wild things people used to say was happening there? Oh, you would get snatched, experimented on. Black folks, come on. Now, you know the Tuskegee. I mean, there's a lot of uh, experimenting on black folks, period. Absolutely. You know, they, there's a long history, and um, I was just mentioning too that we were um, the, the the book that I was reading to to learn about Henrietta Lacks was Medical Apartheid by Harriet A. Washington. She has a long history talking about experimentation done on black people. That's, that's what the book is about, you know. So, yeah. um, it's a thick book, man, and yeah. I do yeah. recommend anyone listening to check that book out. That is a classic and a lot of eye opening things that you know we often just think about the Tuskegee experiment and not the amount of times and uh, places where this stuff was done at. It wasn't just, you know, the Tuskegee experiment wasn't, wasn't unique, unfortunately, you know? No, it wasn't. No. Yeah. So, I mean, they used to say black people didn't feel pain because we were so strong, you know, it was some crazy rumors still, about still. black people mm-hmm. out there. Yeah. Still, man, uh, you know, it, there's all type of medical research on the way that black people are treated in hospitals now. Um, even women, pregnant women, you know, have the highest death rate amongst uh, any group, you know, uh, any pregnant group. Um, so that stuff still exists today. You know, I've had personal experiences, you know, dealing with that kind of stuff. So that stuff still exists today where black people don't feel pain and all these type of ideas that stem from a long, long, long um, past uh, that is connected to what's happening with your family. Uh, So, Ron, man, I wanted to backtrack just a little bit, man. I know um, reading your book, you mentioned that um, there is a white part of the Lax family. Um, I didn't get too much information about that, but you did say that you guys were able to acquire some land from that side. Um, So can you give us some more information from that side? And then were they were they um a part have they been a part of you know the uh the uh issues you've been having with your grandmother like have they said anything no not really i mean it's like i said this is generations after generations uh back then there was four brothers that was laxes and uh my one of my family members had married one of them four brothers and the dad of the four brothers divided the land between the four brothers. And that's how the Laxes got their land. Mm. So I don't have too much information on that side of the family because it's several generations before my time. Okay, I got you. I, th- I thought you guys were still connected. I just wanted to, to get that information out there. Okay. All right. So, uh, Ron, we was just talking about the uh, history of um, John Hopkins and some of the... Uh, you know, the things that people used to say that was happening there and everything and black people having a fear of going over there because of that. So can we get into your, your grandmother a little bit? 
uh, and some of the things that transpired before her going over there. And then also too, like, why did you, uh, why did the family make the decision to go there despite uh, the rumors and despite everything that people thought was happening at the hospital? Okay, because wasn't too many hospitals that Black folks didn't go at the time. Uh, uh, it was only City Hospital and John Hopkins Hospital that was, you know, would treat Blacks at that time. So, uh, like I said, my grandmother came from Turner Station, which was a Black community, a, a, a nice Black community where they had their own stores. Mm. recreations, gas stations. It was just a uh, a nice black community and a, a doctor. I can't think of his name right offhand, but he, he was seeing Henrietta Lacks at that time. And he recommended she go to Johns Hopkins to be treated for her cervical cancer. And that's how she ended up at Johns Hopkins. Got it. Which got was it. one of the only hospitals that treated black people at that time okay got you got you all right so um if you could just share with us i guess just from there you know what transpired in in, in your own words without us looking into you know john hopkins point of view or rebecca school's point of view like what was your family's point of view of what happened once she got in there and um they they looked into the uh, cancer and everything right well knowing the history of john hopkins of the experimental part of it, how the rumors were, hey, don't walk past John Hopkins at night. When my grandmother went there to be seen for her cervical cancer, she noticed that she was getting too much attention from too many white doctors. Mm. So, I mean, it didn't take a rocket, a rocket scientist to say, well, what's going on here? Well, I'm getting too much attention from more than one doctor that was coming and inquiring about Henrietta and asking a question. So right from the start, my family knew something was different. They didn't know what, but something else was different. I mean, they barely wanted to wait on Black people at the time. So mm-hmm. now he got four or five doctors interested in this black woman. So yes, we were skeptical at the time on what was going on, but we didn't know what. Mm-hmm. And come to find out, we didn't find out until decades later that how mm-hmm. important her cells were. Yeah, yeah, man. Uh, definitely. Let's uh, dissect that a little bit as well. Uh, so we talked about kind of the background of your grandmother. And obviously you are the author behind um, the book, Speaking Truth to Power on your grandmother. So can you give us a little bit of background about, you know, Ron Lax and who you are and growing up and everything. And then when you came to the realization, you know, in childhood of who your grandmother was and all that, can you give us the backstory of you, man? Yes, I'm the, I'm the oldest grandson of Henrietta Lax. My dad, Lawrence Lax, was her oldest son. So um, I have a unique position in my father telling me the story of his grandmother coming up and what transpired during those years. 
when she was being seen by John Hopkins, it took my dad some time to open up about that because he was the oldest of all the children. So when Henrietta got sick, my grandfather, David Lax, was working at Sparrow's Point. So my dad had to take care of his mother and the children. So he watched her as when she came from John Hopkins getting the radiation treatment because they inserted radiation bars in her. Mm. That and, and right from there too, man, I did take a look at the radiation bars and it's so crazy because um, they stated that, you know, these, these things were experiments that they used to run because they didn't know really what was going on with cancer. Um, they, you know, still doing stuff, but um, with the radiation bars, not only does it destroy cancer cells, it destroys cells in general, and then it can cause more cancer. So it's just like the, exactly. it's not a solution to anything, man. And exactly, you know, you can continue from what happened after the radi- radiation bars. So my dad, he would watch his mother literally deteriorate, you know, uh, between the cancer and the radiation bars. The family don't know which one killed the first. I mean, it's just ironic that her cells was fighting off the cancer cells. But when they inserted the radiation bars, that took it to a different level. So, I mean, her body probably couldn't fight that radiation off, but it was fighting the cancer. So, I mean, once once we found out what had transpired back then, that her cells was fighting the cancer cells off. Mm-hmm. I mean, and they introduced the radiation bars. So we we, we didn't know which one killed her. I mean, mm-hmm. still to this day, we got a good argument on which one took her life first. Hmm. Man, that is, uh, that's a real shame, man. It's like she didn't right. even get an opportunity, you know, to, to right. see if she could fight the cancer. Exactly. Because um, uh, a lot of family members think if they didn't introduce that radiation bar, that Henrietta would have overcome that, that cervical cancer because it was uh, fighting off the cancer cells. Right, right, right. Yeah, definitely a shame, man. Um, so, you know, eventually, you know, our body gives way as a result, you know, unfortunately, could have been due to the radiation and- bars. My father used to, when she would come home from from John Hopkins after they did what they did, I mean, the radius, you could, it. she used to be this vibrant, beautiful black woman that smelled, uh, her favorite scent was uh, uh, lavender. And that's mm-hmm. what she, she, she smelled like. But once the radius of balls was introduced to her, she was being eight from the inside out. And my father could not only smell it, he could see it. He could see his mother deteriorating. So it traumatized him as a, as a teenager back then. He was 16. Hmm. He was 16 years old when he was caring for his mother. Wow. So uh, to watch her fade away to, to literally nothing, I mean, because she lost body weight. She lost hair. I mean, it was literally eating her from the inside out. 
And it took some time for him to, to talk about it because he used to break down and cry. When you would bring up his mother, he would never want to talk about it. But when Rebecca Sklute came out with her book and, and said what she said about his mother, he knew that he had to speak about it. He had to tell someone. And that's where I came in, you know, his oldest son. And I took honor in gathering my father's knowledge because if we let that knowledge go to waste, no one would ever know what I know. Mm. So that's why I had to put pen in the paper and tell the world about this. Because when you and me are long gone, someone will want to know about it in there the last years from now, because no telling what her cells might accomplish a hundred years from now. Hmm. Yeah. I'm, yeah, I'm just so glad that you, you wrote the book, man, because I had skepticism reading, you know, Rebecca School's book. Like, first of all, why would she mention you guys so much in the book? You know, it wasn't like the story was about Henrietta Lacks, but it was more like the Lacks family, you know, like it was like Rebecca Scloot and the adventures of the Lacks family almost like, you know, like it, it was kind of like that, man, like almost just entertainment off of your family, man. And um, exactly. that's I, why my book, mm-hmm. when I sit here and I look at some of the pages, that's why I had to put in as many pictures of my family just for everybody to see for themselves this family and, and what they was like, because the picture that, Rebecca's glue painted was like a poor black family, which was so far from the truth. I mean, Henrietta, I mean, you you could you could look at her picture and see that she was a f- sophisticated woman. Mm-hmm, right. Mm-hmm. She loved, she loved nice things. She loved to dress up. Mm-hmm. She her appearance, you you can't find one picture of a grandmother when she's not looking good. I just I just ran across some uh some never been seen photos too. Yeah. Nice, nice. And um I know one thing that you mentioned too uh, a lot is that they said that she couldn't read and write. And right. we, you disproved that, right? I disproved that by getting her admission slip from John Hopkins Hospital. Mm. And guess who had uh <laughs> guess who had uh, access to that? Rebecca School. The great Rebecca School, yeah. <laughs> now, why was she not, I mean, knowing that it's there, mm-hmm. but chose to say she signed the name with an X. You know, that's one of the things that disturbed me. And with my grandfather, her going on Democracy Now, Democracy Now. Oh, I saw that. I saw that. Yeah. <laughs> Saying that my dad thought Henrietta Sells was locked up in jail. Mm. I mean, she tried to be- betray herself as the one that let the Lax family know about heel cells. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, definitely. She, she does that. I mean, and that's so far from the truth. I mean, we learned about it in 1973, like I said, through mm-hmm. Rolling Stone, Jet Magazines, and a host of other... Uh, like, uh, okay, for instance, uh, it's called The Way of the Flesh. Have you seen that? I have not seen The Way of the Flesh. Yeah. When you get a chance, check out The Way of the Flesh. Yes, That's sir. a documentary way back then they done on Henrietta Lacks. 
Mm. Your class, your class will definitely enjoy that one. Yes. Got you, got you. Yeah, I mean, um, you know, we could, I think uh, there should be a study on like Rebecca's group, man. Like when you have your family that for decades hired lawyer after lawyer trying to go and get information on your grandmother and they put everything in a vault on at, at John Hopkins, you couldn't get to anything. The lawyers weren't enough. Your family wasn't enough. Nobody coming in was enough. Couldn't get anything. And then you have just a white woman that doesn't have any background in anything, really, just writing a book. And then the door is just open wide. And it's wide. like it could be a great case study, man. <laughs> just the, yes. the power yes. of whiteness right there. Because, um, you know, I think, I think too, if had your family been white, I think it would have been a different story as well, right? Oh, man. She'd have been on a pedestal. And I mean, look at the accomplishment that Healer Cells has done. I mean... They would have ele- if it was a white woman, they would have elevated her status to superwoman. You oh, know, yeah. she'd have been that great to brag about her DNA and what she was made of. And because Henrietta has melon, that is why that she's not talked about. Agreed, agreed. I think she would have been on the cover of every single scientific book out there. It would have been like the first thing in class, in science class. Did you know exactly. because of Henrietta Lacks that we are able to, da, 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 you know, it would have been just a whole litany where you have no kid in high school that don't even don't know who Henrietta Lacks is. Oh, yeah. You know, we, of course, we don't exactly. know who Henrietta Lacks. You know, like, exactly. Yep. I mean, come yeah. on. I mean, wasn't no way they wouldn't elevate it if that was a white woman. I mean, you just want. In America, you just want equal rights. I mean, give give what's due to the black community, man. I mean, there's so many underdogs in, in, in the black community. It's a, it's a shame. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, what we did in World War, I mean, they don't even tell about how black people fought in World War One or two, you know? The heroes, the mm-hmm. Tuskegee Airmen. I mean, all those things was hush-hush. That's why they need people like Ron Lax telling the stories, it's, man, telling the family well, stories. About Henrietta. She's immortal. <laughs> That's the thing about it. She's immortal. Mm. Wow. I mean, and that's that's something that you can't stop. Absolutely, man. Absolutely. And uh, we were breaking down too, like just some of your family members, man, and the bad or the bad or incorrect things that was on there about some of your family members. And I want to kind of break down a few of your family members, um, not in a bad way, but you know, what was said about them and then the accuracy, like what they actually are. Um, right. So uh, there was uh, a woman that worked with Rebecca Skloot. And I want to get into Rebecca Skloot a little bit too, in a little bit, but there was a woman that worked with Rebecca, Rebecca Skloot, um, which was your, your aunt, your aunt. Um, and they kind of painted her as, you know, like a little bit schizophrenic. I know you were upset because on on, on live TV they called her crazy um, and everything. Um, so, can you get into kind of who your aunt was and the actual vision of who she was, as opposed to how she's been portrayed? Deborah. Everybody called her Dale. Um, that was the last straw for me seeing Oprah. Gail King and Charlie Rowe 
on their morning show, calling my aunt a little crazy. Mm. I mean, that was so far from the truth that the only person they got that from was the record screen. That she put that out there on my aunt. You can't find not one family member, not, not one friend that would have called my aunt crazy at all. She was the only one that would put that out there about my aunt that she was crazy. I mean, she had a motive to do this, to make the Lex family see that we wasn't worthy of people reaching out and speaking with us. And unfortunately, my aunt passed away before the book came out because she stopped talking to Rebecca Sklew. Because yeah, once that, she that found, was in the movie, yep, 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 in the book too. Yeah, once she found out that Rebecca Sklew was going to share anything with her after she helped her with everything, she wasn't going to get no proceeds from the book. Hmm. So and, and 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 the fascinating thing about all of that is, you know, she came in, and your family was skeptical about her, and she stayed and she stated on interviews as well. Like she didn't want to be just another white person trying to benefit from your family, but that's exactly mm-hmm. what she did. And then you're doing a book and the family gets nothing. You're doing a book about the family. It's not like it's about your family. It's about the Henrietta Lacks family and right. they get nothing. And then I was she looking into the foundation. She didn't even get 1%, not, not 1%. 1%, not one. <laughs> and I was looking into the foundation because when she goes on interviews, she mentions the foundation and that's why, you know, she does what she does to give back to you guys and the foundation and this and that. And, um, you know, foundation is supposed to give you guys medical expenses paid and also scholarships for the young ones. But she also said that it's also going to take care of other, you know, um, black and brown people that have been wronged by medical science, like the Tuskegee experiment folks. And if we're including all of that, it's not just for the, the lax family, right? It's a, for a long list of black folks. And how does that money get spread? And then when we look at her, like what she's collecting from everything, you know, she, she uh, sold everything to uh, Oprah, uh, which probably million dollar deal right there, whatever plus deal. Um, and then, she had her book on the bestsellers list for a long time, which was big money. Um, mm-hmm. And then uh, you've even mentioned as well that uh, her books are on um, mandatory the, uh, in colleges. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mandatory reading list in colleges, which means the whole class has to get the book. Right. So yep. imagine whole classes all across the country getting the book in colleges and even possibly some high schools. Uh, so we're talking about a lot of money that she's bringing in for herself. Meanwhile, this is about your family and your grandmother. And she's doing to me the same exact thing that she's doing. Uh, she's worse. She is Ooh. worse because we, okay. She talked a good game. I mean, she was literally a wolf and she closing mm. coming in and say, yeah, I'm a, I'm a help. The Lax family. I'm not going to export them, but she 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 did just that. She exported right. us. I right, mean, right. And, you don't even mm-hmm. have rights to our grandmother's name because wow. she got it. Wait, she has the rights to your grandmother's name? 
Yes. Whoa. I didn't we, even know we that. Can't even, we want to open up a foundation in my grandmother's name, but we can't do it because Rebecca Sploot have it. Wow. 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 That's like on a whole nother level, man. Wow. I didn't even know that, man. Yes. I wow. mean, this woman, she is, she is truly one of the worst people we ever ran across because there's a limit to what she should be able to do. I mean, she actually took over the Latch family. I mean, once she did her book and story, she should have bowed on out and went about her way and let the Lax family do what we do and keep a bold, keep promoting Henrietta legacy. But mm-hmm, she mm-hmm. took it and ran and wouldn't let it go. Mm. We don't even have access to my grandmother's name. That's wow. On top of that, too, man, I think we can't leave this out, man. Um, when she finished the book and you guys went through it, your dad was like, wait a minute, some of this stuff here is not accurate. It's not true. Like, you know, can you take this stuff out? And what, what did she say? She said, this is my book. Hmm. This is, she literally told my father, and I never, I always remember exactly where I was at when she said that. We was in my aunt's Shirley backyard. When my father was explaining to her, some of that stuff in the book is inaccurate. And she said, this is my book. I'll write it like I want to. There it is. And that's when I knew that this woman was not in the best interest of the Lax family. Hmm. I knew that. Man, that 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 is a lot, man. That is a lot. That is a lot. I mean, uh, you, uh, t- take this. Uh, I mean, this clue has has talked bad about Henrietta and every last one of her children. You can go back to an article. Uh, Rebecca's clue called my father and his brothers greedy. Wow. Because she said they wasn't interested until they found out money was involved. Wow. I mean, my father and was interested in this stuff since 1973 when my mother uncovered the whole cover-up. She was having lunch with a professor. And when my mother's friend introduced her as Bobette Lacks, the professor said, we're working with uh, someone sells named Henrietta Lacks. And that's why my mother said, that's my mother-in-law. And he started explaining about herself. And that's when my parents started inquiring about what's going on. That was the first wow. time back in 1973. Wow. And um, so she had insulted my Henrietta by saying mm-hmm. she was illiterate. She insulted my dad and his brothers by calling them greedy. Mm. And telling them she wasn't going to change anything in the book. It's her book. And then on top of and that, my Tuesday, aunt, my mm-hmm. aunt Deborah. Yeah. That's crazy. So, I mean, literally, I mean, check this out. She has insulted every one of Henrietta and every one of her children. Wow. I mean, only yeah. thing, uh, only person she had been insulted was Elsie. 
and probably only reason because she had passed away years mm -hmm. before. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But everybody else, she's literally insulted. Wow. Yeah, and then um, I kind of wanted to to ask you about your dad as well because you know the paint the the picture that's painted of your dad is that he's just mean and angry and um, uh, you know no. wouldn't let her in kind of thing, and she's good old person trying to get in and help your family and he just wouldn't allow it so um you know who, who was your dad really man no my dad was one of the nicest person you ever want to meet my my dad was a person that every family member came through his house needed a place to stay that's where they came my mother and father put every last one of our cousins and aunts and uncles, we, they, they had a place to come until they got on their feet. That's where they came. I mean, you could ask any family member and they'll tell you that same thing. The only person you can hear this negative stuff from is Rebecca's clue. Mm. And I, I got to change that narrative because my dad, you know, and my mom, she just passed away in January. Rest her soul. Yes. I mean, she was, she was the backbone of the family, and the only person that Openham got correct on that movie was basically my mom's. They basically mm. got her right, but everybody else, they got wrong. I mean, mm -hmm. my my mother wouldn't let my dad come nowhere near the kitchen. He was my dad. He used to make a mean bologna sandwich <laughs> oh yeah he was cooking in the he was cooking in the movie man yeah, he was no 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 my dad didn't do no cooking he wouldn't wow. know he would know he would know a frying pan from a petri dish wow he, no no so I, I mean and that, that's the type that's the type of stuff that they enhance you know to try to make us look you know like <laughs> something wrong so yeah, that that was uh, the picture of your dad, man. I'm glad you you kind of you know shared that with us because kind of seemed in the movie like he was being very disagreeable and wasn't giving Rebecca Sklut a chance, and she's nice and wants to do well for your family, and he's just you know. For one thing, even I mean, you know, the family has been skeptical about talking to people anyway. Mm. And I'm saying basically it's. Uh, White people came in and wanted to take advantage of the family. Right. I mean, right. so, I mean, if we look back to what my, I mean, if our dad was showing some kind of resistance, look, yeah, look what happened. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. She has, she has taken advantage. She has badmouthed the family. So, I, I mean, yeah, if he was a little reluctant, he had every right to be because look at what she turned out to be. Mm. A wolf in sheep's clothing. Mm. Now, now, uh, the last one I wanted to get into was your your uncle, because um, in the movie and uh, in the book, he's kind of identified another angry black man, you know. Um, and then the murder part is highlighted and everything. So I kind of wanted to get your take too on who he was and if that part was accurate. You say the murder what part? Um, you know, he, he you know, he he's identified as having, you know, murdered someone and he's angry and oh, a little bit, no, you know, scary. No, no. Abdul, you talking about Abdul, yeah. Yeah, 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 yep, yep. Abdul, now she she basically almost got him, got him right, but 
angry. No, uh, they had banked my uncle and he, you know, he wasn't having it. So, I mean, it was a self-defense type of thing with him, but he mm. still went to jail for it. Uh, Abdul was, uh, uh, he was a little on the cautious side of people anyway, because how he was abused by Garland and his wife. She talks about that. Yeah, that was so, in the I book mean, and movie, yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, he had, you know, he had every right to be, you know, skeptical of people because he, because what was done to him. Mm. But now, he mainly kept to himself. Got it, got it, got it. Okay. Now, outside of uh, Rebecca Sklut, uh, Harriet A. Washington, you know, which is a med- she's a medical researcher, has a couple of, uh, a few books out, um, Medical Apartheid, um, and a couple of other books out. She mentioned that she uh, wanted to do a book on your grandmother and, you know, everything and get the information accurate and all that, but she got denied. You know, she didn't speak to him with the right people. Mm. You know, that's what uh, somebody brought her name up. And I, I guarantee that she spoke with somebody by the name of uh, uh, Jerry. Uh, okay. I mean, she didn't contact the right people because that would have been an honor to uh, let her in, really. I mean, because right. someone brought her uh, up a while ago and I said, told her, no, I have no idea who who that person was or that was trying to contact the Lance Rammer. I mean, because Rebecca's clue has set the narrative for who people get in contact with. That's why they don't get in contact with my dad or me. They go straight to uh, David Lax. That's my uncle. Mm. Because he, the one that signed his rights away to them. So that made him the yes man for them. So that's what they said. Just like, man, I was, what, what disturbed me too is that we didn't, my dad's family didn't get invited to the White House. Mm. And that was because of Rebecca Spoon. Wow. You know, I mean, if you're going to take Henry and his children to get this award for you at the White House, then you take a whole family. Yeah, to meet the first black president, would have been a real honor, mm. you know, and uh, yeah. mm-hmm. like I said, all that was all that was in Rebecca Sluice power. She had, she had, she had the power that, uh, of that to who we could see and who we can't see. She used to have that, but I took that back. Mm. I mean, if it wasn't for Mister Ben Crump and Christopher Seeger to help me to take back my grandmother's legacy. I mean, she was a big fish in the pond back then, but now that I got Ben and Chris, our fish is bigger. <laughs> man, <laughs> man. Yeah, yes, sir. Yeah. Um, yeah. So before, I, I do want to get into Ben Crump in a little bit, but before that, um, after her book, after Rebecca School's book, uh, Oprah buys the rights to it, and then the movie's getting made through HBO, and they come, you know, offer your family $15,000, uh, $16,000, excuse me. They offer your family $16,000, and 
And there's some stipulations that go along with that. So you and your father decide not to go with it and not to be, I guess, consultants with the movie. So can you elaborate on why you all chose not to be a part of the movie? Well, first of all, when it came up and they said, uh, we will give you $16,666.69. Me and my dad looked at each other and said, too many sixes in that damn thing. <laughs> <laughs> Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Too many sixes. So, no, no, all jokes aside, it, it, it was an insult. It was an insult to give to give away my the rights to my grandmother for that amount. No, mm-hmm. that that wasn't going to happen. Not with me and my dad. It wasn't. It wasn't. It wasn't worth that. I mean, mm-hmm. and and what the contract consists of that you couldn't. If we move move to Mars, we couldn't speak about our grandmother. <laughs> if we moved to Mars, you know. So, oh no, no. It was. Wow. It was too. Yeah. That was too much. Man, man, man. So <laughs> so the movie happens anyway. Um, and, you know, it, it, it is an interesting take on your family. It's pretty much mirrors uh, Rebecca School's book, pretty much. You know, and Rebecca- Mr. G, Mr. G, Chester, I mean, like I said before, Henrietta Sells is immoral. Mm-hmm. And you would think people want to get on the right side of history with this. Right. I mean, uh, Oprah's and Rebecca Sluice take on uh, what the family was like and, and whatnot. Mm-hmm. That's that's going to be shattered because over time, people going to know about the Latch family and know that my grandmother wasn't illiterate or signed her name with X. I mean, starting out with that little lie. You know, starting off the that one little one mm-hmm. is going to blow the whole thing up. You right. know, Absolutely. because that's that's important. Why would you try to say that this woman who sells is a miracle in itself? Why would you try to say that she's illiterate? Hmm. What is your motivation behind it? And they go figure it out because they black. And you wanted to seem like they was inferior when mm. this black woman was a miracle of God. Yeah. Man. And herself man. do so much. Yeah. Yes, sir. I mean, yes, sir. Yeah. yeah, man. Um, so just uh if we could just think real quick that uh let's just say, you know, John Hopkins comes back and they're like, look, guys, you know, we we made a terrible mistake. You know, we want to really right this wrong. You know, what what do we have to do, you know, for the Lax family to get, you know, to get this erased and to 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 make, you know, to to pay for our mistake here? Like, what would you guys tell them, like, if they told you that? I'll see, that's, I'll lead it up to Ben and Chris to figure out what's the repercussions of what they did. Mm, you know, know they, um, just, they just got a new building, you know. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, we had a lax building. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, they just—they said they—they they didn't uh, charge for her sales, but that's not the only thing. Her name is of value, mm. you know. So 
we'll see. Uh, they'll figure it out. We got some great attorneys that's on the case, and uh, I, I believe in them, and I trust what they're doing uh, in the best interest of the Lax family. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Would you would you have the same response for uh, Rebecca Sklude if she comes back and say, listen, you know, Ron, I'm, I'm so sorry about what I did and I really want to help out and do more than what I've been doing. What can I do? Like, would, would, would you say the same thing? No, there, there's there's no forgiveness for that woman. She she's <laughs> well past that. I give it a hand. Babe. <laughs> That's it. I ain't got nothing. I mean, Just leave us alone, pretty much. I mean, yeah, Mr. T, check this out. This amazing woman, you tried to call her illiterate, and I had to call you out on that. It's inexcusable. Mm. There's no excuse for that. Period. Full stop. And then she don't stop there. She insults Henry of the whole family. On down the line. No, mm. there's no reconciliation for Rebecca Sklude. None. Got you. Got you. Now, um, your grandmother, you know, Henrietta Lacks, raised just a huge, a huge debate on um, what we call consent, like medical consent. You going into the hospital, and if they take a, your blood for something, or if they need your tissues for something, they need to right. ask for permission. Now, one one argument was that with John Hopkins, they allow black people to be treated for free. So uh, initially, they were saying like, well, because we allowed this to happen for free, we kind of get to keep all this other stuff, you know. Um, so what is your take on con- the uh, whole take with consent? Like, how, how would it look in regards to your grandmother going into the hospital, like, and for it to be done the right way? Um, they it's letting her know exactly what's going on. Miss Lags, your cells is doing this and this. Can we use them? I'm quite sure, uh, knowing my grandmother through my dad, what a giving person she was, and even family members right to this day would want her cells to be used in helping mankind. Mm. You know, so the consent form would, would have been just a formality back then, but it would have been the right way to inform her of what was going on. I mean, that's why we got consent now, because you just can't do what you want with uh, with someone's DNA or, or bodily fluids or whatever. You can't just take it and do what you want. That makes sense. That makes sense. All right. Now, we were talking about, you know, Ben Crump and everything um, and what's going on with, with uh, your case with him and everything. So how did you even meet Ben Crump? And then can you walk that's- us through... The uh, I know without without giving too much away that you can't give away what you can tell mm-hmm. us about um, what you're trying to get through Ben Crump and um, you know the the company that you guys are looking into right now. Right, I mean that was a miracle in itself, really. Uh, the first book signing event for my book Henry Lax, the Untold Story. I went to. Texas and uh, in the congregation was a guy that said he knew uh, Ben would he would would I like for him to introduce us and I said of course yes I would 
and uh, sure enough, a couple weeks after I got back to Baltimore, Mr. Crump gave me a call. And uh, he asked well, uh, me would, would I like for him to take on this case? And I explained to him, I said, there's a lot of people just uh, trying to block me and stop me from doing what I'm doing. He said, those are the kind of cases I like. <laughs> and I, man, I was thrilled that Mr. Crump took it on because this is exactly what the Lax family needed. Mm-hmm. You know, we were for, for a long time, we was in John Hopkins' backyard. And I, I don't necessarily know how things work in the business world, but I'm quite sure that the, the same people, they be sitting down to dinner, lunch, and brunch with each other. You know, mm-hmm. they're in, they in the same circles. So we never, the attorneys we got never, never took the initiative like Mr. Trump and Mr. Seeger's doing. You know, right. this is unprecedented. Right. And uh, can you share with us a little bit about uh, just the case and um, the amount of money, too, that this uh, company makes a year off of your grandmother's sales? Exactly. You know, Thermal Fisher made $30 billion alone last year. Wow. So, I mean, like I said, this is this is way beyond my head. That's why I leave it up to my attorneys to guide me on what's the next step that the family needs to take. I mean, can you imagine? I mean, you know how much has been taken from uh, Black people, man. Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. For them to take this black woman and selling her body parts does that sound a whole lot like human trafficking to me. Mm. You know, I mean, we so much have been taken for us. I mean, come on, that you cannot justify what you're doing. I mean, imagine how many Black communities that the Lax family could help if we only had healer cells in our corner. Hmm. You know, wow, $30 billion? A year. That's for the year. That's for the, that, that's that for just the blows year. my mind, man. And that's only one company. Exactly. I mean, how many, how many uh, jobs or everything that we can put in the community, to, uh, how, fixing up houses, in the black community. I mean, it, it, it could go on and on. I mean, this is, uh, this is really phenomenal. How much that if we only had healer cells in our corner, I mean, mm-hmm. forget uh, what they call it. They supposed to, we supposed to get uh, 30 acres in a mural. Mm-hmm. Give us healer cells back. Mm-hmm. And, and she'll take care, she'll take care of the black community through her cells alone. Powerful man, ain't that right? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So, I mean, I, mean, I can imagine we're, we're, we're probably yeah. talking around, we're probably talking like trillions of dollars, man. If we're right. talking about one company making 30 billion for the year, you know, exactly. And all we need is the, is the right black leaders in our corner to help guide on, on doing this. 
I mean, we're not asking for the for the whole thing. I mean, give us a certain percentage of what Heal Ourselves is doing so we could uplift the black community. Powerful, man. Powerful. Yes, um, it is. Yeah, recently, Representative Kwesi Nfume, he uh, mentioned that he wants to get a Congressional Medal of Honor for your... Um, and see, the only thing, only thing about them, I mean, they still dealing with Rebecca Skloots. I mean, he's not even going through the family's estate. Mm. The person that he had on uh, with him, she's a uh, she's an honorary family member. You wow. know, somebody. <laughs> you know, so somebody that's hey, wow. lost is my granddad. Okay, but she's not. She's not blood related. Wow. Man. You know, I mean, and not not to to hop on that because we still love her, and 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 she is a family member. But that don't give you the right to make decisions for the Lax family. Mm. Like I said, it's all because who Rebecca's clue elevated to do uh, uh, what she say. And bless mm. her heart, I mean, she's she's good people. I'm talking about uh, the family member that was speaking on uh, his behalf, right? Right, uh, crazy and, and, and fuming, yeah. And yes. Uh, she, she, uh, she don't know. I mean, some people just got excited because of the limelight. I mean, that's all fine and dandy, but you cannot speak for a family, a whole family, and you're not even blood related. Hmm. I mean, like, like I said, I, uh, they that they brought that up in in uh, the Washington Post at one time mm -hmm. that. Uh, and Rebecca, that is your granddaughter. No, that ain't what my father was saying. She is his granddaughter, but she's not elevated to speak for the Lax family as a whole. Hmm. I mean, there's there's not too many good ways to try to put this, you know, once you get into the limelight, you know, and everybody's family for position. Okay, right. to do things the right way, look, the Lax family has set up an estate. You know, do the right thing. You go to the estate and coordinate with them, the family as a whole. Mm. You're right, man. That that I think that would make the best sense, man. But why go that route? Why go that route when you could just get a quick check, a quick a quick okay, quick signature? From somebody that's going to agree, man, with everything, you know. Exactly, so. and that's how Rebecca Sloot set that up. Man. I mean, she did that. I mean, and and like I said, and my father took that kind of hard because he was not trying to say she's not his granddaughter. He was just saying that hey, we we got a certain structure that mm -hmm. you that everyone's need to follow, you know. I mean, even if she was the granddaughter, should she really be superseding, you know, the the right. uh, the son, you know? Right, exactly. I mean, and he, she had them go off. They uh, try to prove it and did a, a DNA test, but they, which we try to talk. You don't need to do that. Hmm. You know, that wasn't the issue. You're still family, whether 
whether the DNA says it or not, you're still family. We love you. But hey, follow this structure that in place as a family. Lawrence was the head of the head of the family. But right. the way they was looking at it, like Rebecca Sloot was head of the family. And she, whatever she said, went. Mm-hmm. And that's that's not right. Not at all. If you if you're his granddaughter, then listen to what your grandfather's saying. Mm-hmm. Stand down. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And that's what he asked. He said, stand down. Yes, sir. Now um you're doing great work kind of um with the uh the book and everything, man. So uh, before we leave off, can you just talk to us about just organizing the book? I know you said there was some fear involved in the beginning processes of you getting the book together and um, organizing it and writing it. So what was that that process like for you, man? And um, what kind of inspired you to keep going despite that fear that, like you said, man, you might disappear as a result of telling the truth? And um, what what got you going, man? What kept you going? Uh, it, it never feared me. So I said some family members feared that. Ah, okay. The hospital stuff. They would take their blood and do some such and such with it. My last straw that broke that camel's back was when they called my aunt crazy. You know, and I wasn't, I wasn't cut out for this. Right, this was thrust on me. But I knew that that being a lack, I was up for the challenge. You know, and since I got all the information from my dad and some other family members, that this would have been the last chance because my father, he's 80, 84. And uh, if he'd have, if he passed away, all that knowledge would have left with him. Mm. And the world would have been missed out on a whole lot. So uh, thanks to my wife helping, pushing me on to do this book that, hey, the importance of doing this book, Ronnie, is for the world to know, you know, and this is black history. That's going to outlive me and you because Henrietta, your grandmother sells, Ronnie, is immortal. That's what she kept telling me. Ronnie, your grandmother... Sales is immortal. Someone will want to know about that a hundred years from now. And you don't want them to have to pick up Rebecca Sluice's book and finding out about your family, that your Mm -hmm. grandmother was illiterate, which was wrong. Tell your story. And 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 I took pride in doing it. And I feel really good if if I don't, if nothing comes of anything the book is out there mm. and that's that that's i'm very proud of it because they got from a family member yes and that's what's important absolutely absolutely man and we preach man um i try to preach too to people that you know if you don't tell your story somebody's gonna tell it man and we need to be in a position nowadays um, with, as Black folks to tell our own story because sometimes we, we're a little shy, nervous, uncomfortable, whatever, about telling our story, but we're going to leave it for the interpretation of somebody else to tell our story. You know, and not and obviously... Tell, they'll get it wrong. Yes, sir. 
nine times out of ten they will get it wrong um and they will leave out some in some some of the good stuff man and they'll insert some of their own stuff like we see happening so i definitely uh want people to use this as a learning experience um to tell mm -hmm. their own story man and don't wait around for others you know white folks whoever else to tell your story you know because exactly. it's just gonna get lost man you know exactly and mr g one more time one more time i mean this great black woman that this other woman rebecca Sloot, had got into the vault of john Hopkins. Didn't have to crack it. Didn't have to break it open. They gave her the key, mm. and she chose not to say that this woman could read. She had beautiful penmanship. She chose to say that this woman signed the name with an X. That that's despicable. You ask me. Absolutely, absolutely, because everybody fills in the rest after that. Exactly. Exactly. Yes, sir. And just speaking on that, man, um, as we dive into legacy, man, what is the legacy that you want people to 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 that you want to leave behind and you want people to understand first about your grandmother, who she was, and then of course, you know, your family and yourself. I, I want everyone to know about this beautiful black woman, this vibrant woman that loved to dance. She loved her family. She loved her community. So what I can do to help is if, if they would give back some of that $30 billion they got. Hey, boy, I can pick up some of the rec centers that black children could go to and, 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 and enjoy themselves. Play ball. Do, I mean, it's a whole lot of things that when I was a child that in some of the communities have nice wrecks that we could, used to go to, I mean, they were, they don't have them no more like mm -hmm. they used to. Not in the black neighborhoods. I mean, I, I would love to, her legacy was, is to give back to help others. Right. I mean, there's no, there's no greater gift than, than seeing someone thrive and knowing that you help in doing that. You know, uh, so I just want to continue her legacy of, of healing. Hmm. Heal ourselves, heal. There it is, man. There it is. Ron, man, it has been an absolute pleasure speaking with you and um, just really deciphering the truth, man, from your, from your uh, standpoint, man. And I, I want to say that I want to believe you more than, as a family member, more than um, somebody else who's, a, who's an outsider. So thank you for giving us your truth today, man, and really appreciate um, the dedication that you've had to tell your family story despite everything, man. So I do honor you for, you know, being able to do that, man. Um, before we leave off, we usually ask guests to leave us, you know, with their favorite quote and what it means to them. Um, so do you think you could leave us off with that, man? Yeah, I'm what my mother used to say. She used to tell me, Ryan, nothing beats a failure but a try. Mm. You have to keep on trying. And, and 
doing my book, I mean, I've ran across so many obstacles that it almost didn't get done. It really did. But my mama kept telling me, get up. Ronnie, get up. I took care of my mom for 10 years because she had a stroke, mm. right? And uh, throughout my life, I depended on my mom for her advice and everything. And uh, there's a whole bunch of courses that my, my mother used to say, well, uh, I'm going to use that one. <laughs> you know, yeah, that, that, my mom yeah. didn't play. And she didn't beat no she ain't beat no clothes either. <laughs> <laughs> yes, sir. Got it. Got it. Man, it has been an honor, man, having you on. I hope that when the case settles and everything goes through, we could definitely bring you back on to touch base most, on that, man. Most definitely, Mr. G. Yeah, it was an honor. I mean, I know you said you could fix it. I know you can make it oh, look we, good. We, we got you, stop, man. Stop. We kept, yeah, we kept no on doubt. going. Yeah, before we leave out, man, I kind of wanted to read the last page of your book, um, if you do not mind. Um, you mentioned that these are the things that Henrietta Lacks said to her son, Lawrence Lacks, oh, yeah. father, before she passed away. Yep. So I'll read that. So again, these are the things that Henrietta Lacks said to her son, your father, Lawrence Lacks, before she passed away. I've enjoyed each and every precious moment spent here on earth raising a family. There's no greater pleasure than watching your loved ones blossom. I don't worry that I'll ever be forgotten. Knowing how you were raised, we prepared you for these oncoming days. My soul will be at rest knowing I gave you my best. Signed, Henrietta Lacks. Yeah. Perfect signature. Giving her blessings. Beautiful. Uh, listeners, listeners, no one on the planet should not know who Henrietta Lacks is. We have all benefited from her, and she should be a monument to Black history and to all of us. You know, we, we, we should be telling our kids about it, about the healer cells, about who Henrietta Lacks is, um, and they should be telling their kids and the, continuing that legacy on so we don't ever 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 not know who she was and you know what she represented and the significance um she's brought into this world you know so we should all know who she is so hopefully this was the beginning of your long uh research information about who she is uh continue it on because she has done a lot a lot in the field of science medicine um even testing things like makeup uh, and everything, yep. everything you can think yep. of, she has been a part of. So uh, let's continue the legacy for the Lax family and make sure that we remember her name, Henrietta Lax. And of course, remember, your mind is the most powerful tool in the universe. Therefore, if you can think it, you can do it. If you believe in it, you can be it. And if you fight for it, you can have it. The world is yours. This has been your host, Mr. G, and I will see you next time on Mastermind.